1: Thing Evolves, the world's only podcast devoted exclusively to Evolve Wrestling. I'm Aaron Bentley, but this week, folks, not joined by Aaron Taub. He is, of course, out uh, in the final stretch trying to get Julia Salazar elected to the New York State Senate. So I'm joined by a very special guest, the king of banter, the big bitch, Joe Lanza. <laughs> the big bitch.
0: Wow. That, you're really digging that one out of the archives. Um, your intro... Is far more aggressive, like wh- when you're on the show than it is when you're just listening to the show. I think I jumped back about two feet uh, when you jumped in with the uh, "This is Evolved." That was uh, that was a that was a mighty aggressive introduction. I got to give you credit; you're, you're you're rounding the form here. You you've done you probably done what a hundred of these shows now. You guys are like uh, you're seasoned professionals at this.
1: Yeah, I, I try to, uh, you know, make sure I'm bringing the energy from go, you know, so I, I don't want it to be boring to the listeners. You listen to a lot of these wrestling podcasts, Joe, and about five minutes in, I just I have to shut it off because it's too boring.
0: The number one, for, forget knowledge, <laughs> forget knowing what you're talking about. Those things don't matter. The, I, I truly believe the number one element to a successful podcast of any kind is energy. It's not a visual medium. It is an audio medium. If you don't have energy, it's like you said, people are going to be dozing off and checking out and putting on the Voices of Wrestling flagship where everything evolves, where there's some energy, and they're going to listen to that instead. You're absolutely right.
1: Yeah, so I just uh, have to scream at people from the first second and hope they stick around. So that's what we're doing here. Uh, Just in case you don't know, if it's your first time listening because you tuned in to listen to uh, Joe's guest appearance... You can find us on Twitter at Evolve Pod. You can find me at Aaron Like The Car. Make sure you're subscribing to the show and the entire Voices of Wrestling podcasting network, uh, which you can find at voicesofwrestling.com or on the podcast app of your choice. Joe, uh, not surprisingly, Evolve 112 and 113 bring us to another transition period in Evolve. I know you are not following maybe as closely as Aaron and I are, but. Where are you on Evolve right now? Do you have, does it have any buzz for you? How are you feeling about it? You know,
0: um, I didn't write the book on Gabe Sapolsky, but I may do that one day. And I did write the extremely detailed personality profile of Gabe Sapolsky in issue number 152 of Fighting Spirit magazine, which you should all go buy. Uh, go get that back copy of that magazine. Where I wrote that uh, feature on Gabe Sapolsky, I think I have a pretty good grasp of the mind of Gabe. And every few years we go through this with him, where his companies, no matter what company you're talking about, whether it's Ring of Honor, Dragon Gate USA, Evolve, you know, whatever name is on the marquee, every few years uh, we go through this, where we hit one of these Gabe transition periods, and we're we're definitely in one now. He admits it's such, so. Um, normally it's, if you wait it out, it will bear fruit. He will recover. He will find new stars and, uh, you know, whatever company you're talking about in this case evolve, it will find its new identity and off we go. Uh, there, there is a lack of buzz right now. I, I am extremely down on Twitter lately. I think Twitter amplifies the worst of society. I really believe that. But something that Twitter is – I still believe in, in Twitter is when it comes to buzz. I think you can measure buzz via Twitter. Um, I, I do think it's still useful in that regard. That and shit posting are the two things that Twitter are, are fantastic for. But, um, but, but yeah, the, the buzz is down, and it's because right now there's just a dearth of star power. When you lose Matt Riddle and Zack Sabre Jr. and Walter uh, – not Walter, I'm sorry, um, Keith Lee. Uh, you know, that's going to happen. And when you can't, and and, you know, I mentioned Walter, when you can't bring Walter in on every weekend, you know, there's a severe lack of star power. It's really Joey Janela and they're trying to get Shane Strickland over. And that's about it, which we'll talk about when we break down the shows. But uh, uh, normally, you know, you can count on Gabe to recover. I have reservations this time though, because for the first time ever, we're hitting a Gabe transition period when Gabe's attentions are elsewhere. Um, you know, he clearly has a hand in a lot of the things uh in a lot of his WWE responsibilities right now. Um and I'm wondering if that moving forward is going to be his priority. And we're gonna get a lot more shows like 112 and 113, where it was very clear. I don't want to say very clear, where at least felt to me, and I don't know your opinions on the shows, um, but I suspect they're similar to mine, where it feels like they were mailed in to some extent. I didn't see a ton of effort into New directions during this transition period. I I I, I kind of saw a lot of the same.
1: Yeah, I think especially with Evolve One Twelve, which including the talent on the card, just kind of felt like thrown together. Just here's what I have, so let me throw all these guys in matches and kind of see what happens. Uh, that was how it felt. And you know, Gabe admitted on Twitter, you know, don't have a lot of star power. Brought in Velveteen Dream just for that purpose to try to add some star power to the shows. What do you think about that? Bringing in these guys from NXT, but they only get to see them if you're in the live crowd. So it's not helping you with your streaming. Does it really add anything to bring in these guys?
0: See, it does nothing for me to bring in a Cedric Alexander and Adam Cole, a Velveteen Dream, you know, whoever else they've, they've done this with over the last year and a half, two years. Does nothing for me personally, because like you said, you can't air the match anyway. And even if I was a ticket buyer and Evolve never comes down here, unless it's a WrestleMania weekend, it it really wouldn't move my needle either because in effect, those matches are really non-canon. And if you're talking about a non-canon match, that's really not going to affect things moving forward that most of the audience can't see. I, I'm not going to get into it. It's kind of like preseason NFL football. I don't care. I don't watch. I don't pay attention. Exhibition, baseball, spring training. I, it, it's, it doesn't count. I don't care. Um, now, look, I get the idea behind it. We don't have any stars. We've got Joey Janela, and that's about it. Uh, we've got to put asses in the seats. Velveteen Dream used to work. Uh, indies in the, in the Jopa, Maryland area. Uh, Velveteen Dream is a hot NXT name. I could see it from that perspective. But really, watching these shows, I didn't feel like he drew turn away crowds. I could be wrong about that. I haven't seen the attendance. I'm obviously not privy to their books. Didn't feel to me like we had fans hanging from the rafters who specifically came to see Velveteen Dream. It didn't feel that way to me. And it's never felt that way with the exception of the one show Adam Cole worked, which I heard did, you know, uh, much bigger numbers than they usually do in that building. Um, you know, and the other thing is I, I really don't understand the WWE mindset of not allowing Gabe to stream these matches. He's an employee of the company now. Nobody, it's not a secret. Everybody knows. Uh, he admits it. They admit it. Um, it's clearly an affiliated promotion, even if WWE doesn't have a monetary stake in it. Uh, What would be the harm in in allowing them to stream these matches? Are people going to cancel their WWE Network subscriptions because they could see Velveteen Dream wrestle Austin Theory one time on, you know, on Fight TV? No. You know, so I, I, I don't really understand that. I think it, it, it kind of speaks to the, you know, relationship between the company and Gabe when they can't even throw him that bone and, and, and let him air these stupid matches that, I mean, they're not even going to make a significant difference. Um You know, but they may make enough of a difference for Gabe to where, you know, he makes a few extra bucks. So what's the problem here? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I it really does nothing for me. And in fact, I think when they do this and they tell people they can't stream them, I think it makes the eye pay-per-view buyer feel like they're getting ripped off to some extent because they're not getting the whole card. So it may even be counterproductive from that perspective.
1: I will say in fairness that the, do you know that it's Jopa? There's been a lot of talk about this lately. I call it Joppa. Uh, Lenny Leonard calls it Joppa. Do you have some inside information on this?
0: You're asking me for a proper pronunciation? (laughs) Do you know anything about me? Maybe you run through the town at
1: some point, you know. What did I say? Jopa.
0: You can guarantee it's the other one then. I mean, I don't pronounce anything right, you know. It, and and here's the thing: I'm the as soon as someone says Joe Lanza, I'm the first person to jump down their throat. You know what I mean? Which is ironic because I don't get anything right. But but don't you dare say Lanza because it is Lanza. It is a it is a uh, what do you call it? A hard A, long A, whatever it is. But oh, you I have no clue. So yes. yeah,
1: yeah. So I will say this: the Joppa crowd was bigger than uh, they normally draw there, though it wasn't any more. Uh, loud or any more excitable than it normally is. But Aaron talb was at the show at LaBoom. And I know they sold more tickets than they usually do because he said there were more receipt reserved uh, seating that were sold out. And he said that, you know, when Velveteen Dream came out for his match against Darby allen in LaBoom, that the place went nuts, that it was like the first actual pop of the night. And honestly, he. And TJ Hawk both messaged me and said that it was kind of embarrassing for Evolve because Velveteen Dream felt like such a big star, and it made the rest of their guys feel like nothing. So there was All something right, so to I'll happen in me, there.
0: I'll take an L there then. If they did do more business in Jopa slash Joppa <laughs> and uh, and Laboom, then good on them. And and then this is why you do it. Um, I'll stand by my other points of why I think it's it's either a neutral or a negative. Um, But I will say this, I wouldn't put a ton of stock into Velveteen Dream getting the biggest reaction on the show because it's this old, I mean, you go back, you know, the one anecdote people always talk about. Is back in the ECW days in the mid nineties. Uh, they would talk about how those, you know, those were the first counterculture wrestling crowd shitting on the big TV companies. Paul Heyman, you know, with his Kool-Aid whipping in everyone into believing that, you know, we are the alternative. But the big running joke the whole time is that if the Undertaker ever would have came out from that curtain, the roof would have blown off the place. <laughs> wrestling fans are wrestling fans. It's a star business and you're going to pop for stars. So I, I, I don't know if I put a, a, a ton of stock into the idea that. Um, you know, it's this, you know, look, it's a WWE wrestler who people watch on, on, on the network. And, and, um, it, it makes sense to me, I, you know, if you would have asked me before the show, especially looking at these lineups, I would have said, yeah, absolutely. He's going to get the biggest pop of the night.
1: I guess they, they thought it was interesting because, you know, and they're announcing dream and they're trying to get a little bit of heat for the match. They're talking about how he works for the biggest company in the world and all this, Fancy stuff about NXT and the crowd cheered when they said NXT instead of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were clearly trying to get him to get on Darby's side, you know, but. it uh,
0: didn't Yeah, work. they 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 used the wrong strategy for sure. I mean, nobody hates NXT. It's it's, right. you know, if he would have been a star of Monday Night Raw, you might have gotten some booze. Um, you know, or if he was a star of impact wrestling, you would have gotten some, but (laughs) NXT, I mean, I would think that most of the people there are huge NXT fans. You know, that's, that's the acceptable WWE wrestling to a lot of people who would go to an
1: Evolve show. Right. And it appears to have worked. They did sell some more tickets. Like you mentioned, they sold some more tickets in Melrose, Massachusetts when they booked Adam Cole, but on the last Melrose show, the crowd wasn't up from the non Adam Cole show. So I'm not convinced that this, is going to bring in new Evolve fans the next time they're in Joppa or the next time they're in Lobo?
0: I see what you're saying. So if you draw the family of four who comes to see Adam Cole, they didn't come back last time. So that's right. a good bit. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. So that's actually a very good point.
1: I mean, that's just from my observations of watching the show. I don't have hard numbers on that, but sure, it looks pretty obvious. Uh, one more thing on the the transition period thing. You know, we're talking about Gabe being able to bring uh, build new stars. Transition into something that people are going to be excited about again. But we are in this period where WWE is signing everyone, not just the guys at the top of the food chain, but signing lots of guys who would have stayed on the Indies for many years. So how much harder is it now to actually transition and build new stars?
0: Well, he has the built-in advantage of, okay, for many years, we talked about Gabe's various promotions being the final stepping stone to getting on national TV and specifically getting into WWE. And that was always true. But now it's not just, um, you know, an anecdotal thing. It's like an official real thing. He works for the company. Part of his stated role with said company is to funnel them talent. So, you know, in some ways it should be easier for him to, it's never been hard, hard for Gabe to use the talent that he wants to use for that reason. It's always been a stepping stone, the last step, um, you know, But now it should be even easier than ever now that it's not just reputation, it's his job <laughs> to get you into that company and to find them talent. So, you know, uh, from that perspective, but yeah, look, I've always been a believer in, no matter how dire the indie scene looks, and right now it's dire. We talk about it on the flagship all the time. New stars need to be created. I never believe you're out of potential stars. It's just a matter of getting the next wave over. So... Um, you know, he'll have to find them, identify them, sell them on the idea that, you know, this is where you come if your goal is to get into the biggest company in the world. And that shouldn't be a very hard sell for a lot of guys, um, you know, and, and just, you know, the, everyone else has to do their share, too. I mean, all these other indie promotions, they don't have the same old names to rely on anymore, and they have to get new people over. And they will. I'm confident that they will. We're just, you know, for the next six months or so. Gabe himself always told me, it takes me really six months to get somebody over. You know, so over the next six months or so, we'll see what Gabe does. We'll see what some of these other indies do, and and you'll see new names emerge. Marco Stunt came out of nowhere. It took Marco Stunt two shows to get over as an indie star. He worked the Future Show at the SCI, and then he worked a Janela show, and now he's booked fucking everywhere. Um, so you know, it, it doesn't always. You know, the six-month thing isn't always true either. I mean, sometimes it's just right place, right time. So so we'll see. But I don't think Gabe will have any trouble getting uh, using the people that he wants to use.
1: I guess my biggest concern is, I feel like it's never been harder to build a brand on the indies, like from a promotion level. Because like Austin Theory, for example, Gabe brings in Austin Theory. He's like 21 years old or however old he is. He should be carrying this company for many years because you know, in the past WWE wasn't signing guys until they were 28 or 29 or whatever, you know, and now it feels like Austin theory could be plucked out of evolve at any moment. So I feel like it's really hard to build a stable of uh, guys who are going to carry your promotion for years uh, before they get plucked out by the big guys.
0: Yeah. The game will change from that perspective um, for sure. But you know, I you know I hate to use such a cliche term, but it it just is what it is when it when it comes to that. They are going to snap him up faster, and especially now since he's directly affiliated. I think it's interesting that um you know if you if you look back at New Orleans WrestleMania weekend, um it's some of the stars that they attempted to start rolling the ball on just didn't work out. The Austin theory thing just hasn't worked out. The uh, the Jarik, uh thing. <laughs> I mean, he's not even with the company anymore. And it looked like he was getting a the, the start of a mega push in New Orleans. Um, you look at the end, what happened to them? Um, so it, it's almost like he started rolling the ball on some people. And for whatever reason, either in Austin Theory's case, he just didn't get over as expected. Although I get the sense they haven't completely given up. Um, you know, Jariki just stopped booking, which is so odd. There's no way you use him the way you did in New Orleans if you knew you were going to stop booking him. So, I mean, I'll plug the great interview you did with him. So maybe people can glean some insight there because that was just a fucking masterpiece of an interview. I mean, you know, that was fantastic work. Um, and, and so, you know, maybe because of some of the pushes that didn't work out, that, you know, he thought maybe some of those people would be his stars at this point, and it just hasn't worked out. Uh, you know, like he's thought.
1: I think that's a fair point. I just want everybody to know: I booked Joe only if he would agree to put over the interview that I did with Jarek. Obviously,
0: yeah, we got that contractually out of the way. That the the PayPal payment did clear, so um, <laughs> you know, we took care of that.
1: All right, I want to talk about one more thing before we get into these shows, uh, because this was bubbling up a little bit on Twitter today. Uh, speculation about what Evolve is doing this Mania weekend. So the interesting thing at this point, Gabe said on Twitter that they weren't ready to announce a venue yet, but that it was going to be more intimate. Uh, Of course, we're going to be in uh, the New York, New Jersey area this April or next April. Progress hasn't announced a venue, even though I saw a post today that they announced their Mania venue in mid-August last year. Uh, there are rumors going around that WWE is kind of freezing out mid-sized venues to stop people from being able to run them. Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on this, show or do you know anything? Uh, is there something weird that's going on here?
0: I don't buy WWE freezing out mid-sized venues, even if they were doing that. If you remember, maybe about five or six years ago. The big talk was WWE was tired of companies piggybacking WrestleMania weekend, and they were going to cut deals with the municipalities and freeze out publicly. I mean, they could only really freeze out publicly owned buildings. You can't freeze out a privately owned facility. So they and, and, and they did that for a few years. They may still do that today for all I know. I, but it was a strategy that didn't work because what these companies did was they just used private buildings or they went outside of these municipalities, you know, 30 miles away and book something. Uh, where WWE you know had no control, so I don't buy into that, and I don't think it's effective anyway. They can't stop, they can't shut down every single venue in you know the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut tri-state area. It's it's absurd. Okay, so I don't buy that for one second. Now, do I think evolve and progress could be uh, you know waiting out a decision from WWE to just simply run their shows at Access or something like that? Sure, I mean why not? That would be totally plausible. Wouldn't shock me at all if that announcement was made. Um, so that's a possibility. It also could just be that, you know, Progress and Evolve, obviously, uh, they run their shows together in the same venue every year. That could explain why neither one of them have announced anything. And maybe they're just having trouble finding a venue. Maybe they figure with, um, with, uh, the, the, the uh, WW, uh, uh, why can't I think of there? With Rebound. the other show, yeah, with WrestleCon running in, in, you know, the heart of Manhattan, Uh, Maybe, you know, they're like, well, we can't run New Jersey like we did last time. We're going to be too far away. Maybe it'll hurt business. Maybe they're searching for something in the city. But we all know that's exponentially more expensive and harder to do. So who knows? Would it shock me, though, if they run at Axis? Absolutely not.
1: Well, another interesting thing, I think, is GCW doesn't have to piggyback off of WWN this year. GCW is bigger than Evolve now.
0: Without question.
1: So they may not even, maybe that's a holdup here is they really can't partner together and maybe trying to find some other people uh, to run shows.
0: Yeah. I mean, if, if uh, game changer just doesn't want the headache of running everything themselves and letting Gabe handle that, and then just splitting up the money at the end, then they could stick with them. But you're right. They are bigger now. And it was funny. I was telling people in New Orleans at the Janela show, I was like, look, it, 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 you know, next year in their own backyard, they can run every night from Thursday through Sunday and just kill it with the momentum that they have. And that momentum has only gotten bigger with the Janela spring uh, Janela lost a New York show and um, you know, the show they just ran in Chicago. So yeah, I mean, they could do their own thing easily. They could run five shows all five nights and, and just kill it. Yeah. They don't need Gabe. Right. So, they could,
1: they could do blood sport one night lost in or a uh, spring break. They could do a death match thing like they did in Chicago this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, well, and
0: they, you know, and they can run a, a show of their own, and they you know, you know, in New Jersey, one of their you know basic standards. They right. can do a, a number of different things. It doesn't even have to be all in one venue, you right? And and they're, and they're going to crush it.
1: And I did hear that uh, Brett Lauderdale has a, obtained a New York promoters license.
0: Well, I mean, there's your there's your tip off and clue. Then I mean, he's not going to if that's the case. I mean, then, yeah, he's looking to just cut out the middleman and do something on his own.
1: Right. So. Who knows what's going on with Evolve uh, for Mania Weekend. This is usually the time we know. I mean, WrestleCon's already selling tickets, but...
0: Oh, hell yeah, yeah. Normally by now, yeah, absolutely. The ball's already rolling. We know what's going on. Um, And yeah, there's just, it's crickets.
1: All right, well, we have more on that. We'll, of course, be on here to talk about it. Uh, Let's get into this weekend. We, of course, had Evolve 112 in Joppa, Maryland, and Evolve 113 at Laboom in Queens, New York. I guess let's start with... We've talked a little bit already about kind of overall thoughts from the weekend, but evolve One Twelve. what were your overall thoughts from that show?
0: I mean, you know, this was to to use a meme here. um, (laughs) You know, this was a, certainly a wrestling show that happened. Um, (laughs) I didn't hate anything on this show. I didn't love anything on this show. Everything was fine. You, You know what I mean? It's like, it didn't, it's just, you, you finish watching this and you're like, well, that was two hours of my life and okay i i, I guess that was a wrestling show i thought that the, the thing that stood out to me was just like you alluded to earlier the absolutely bizarre roster that we were given i mean this is just such a gabe transition roster i mean you've got talent from every era of evolve on this show um you know it felt like something you'd book on fire pro you know like like some of these people just don't belong in matches together uh but you know it's it's I don't know. It just felt directionless. And again, the one thing I worry about with this particular transition is will Gabe's attention be focused enough to get Evolve out of it? Or from this point forward, are we just going to have an Evolve that simply exists to create one or two stars to pass on to NXT?
1: Right. I've said on this show that I feel like Gabe is at his best when he's hungry. When there's yeah. some, he really needs for the shows to be good. You know, like coming out of the flow slam era, they ran some of their best shows ever. And cause I felt like Gabe felt like he had something to prove. Yeah. And now I don't, Gabe doesn't need really evolve to be hot. I don't think he's, right. he's kinda got his thing.
0: That's why I'm worried about the focus aspect of it. You know, there was one time where he, he went into one of these lulls and, um, and he told me straight up, I don't remember if this was an interview we did with him or if it was, um, you know, a private conference. I, I don't remember. But he said, hey, it was right when he had his kid, right when his child was born. And he, and he said, he said, hey, look, I, I you know, I, my child was just born. I've got a new perspective on life. Wrestling isn't everything. Um, and I was like, wow, this is a guy who's going to be done promoting wrestling in six months. You, you know what I mean? Because he, he just openly admitted to me that he's not putting the same effort into, into his job because his, because his priorities, uh, you know, his eyes have opened up and he's got a kid and all this, but, you know, he got out of that funk and, 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 you know, and away we go. Um, so um, I kind of lost my train of thought. What, what was your question? Uh,
1: we were just talking about this did feel rudderless and yeah, yeah. is Gabe going to provide that now?
0: Yeah, and it, that's the big question moving forward. You know, is it, yeah. is it going to be all about uh, the? Listen, it's he has a major. Everyone know. Listen, it's a no secret. I'm not breaking any news to many of your listeners when I say that he's got a hand in what's going on in NXT right now. And from what I understand, um, I you know I can't give specifics because uh, of promises made to people. But I mean, he's got a hand in some other stuff the company's doing too. So it's a question of whether that's where his booking focus is going to be on those things. And look, it's hard enough to book one promotion. You know, when you've got when you're contributing to the creative of of maybe three or four different entities, you know, something is is going to get the shit end of the stick. And you know, if it's and I could easily see that being evolved.
1: Let's get into the matches here. The, the show started with Jaka beating Leon Ruff of the Skulk uh, by Jaka Bomb. Joe, I, th- I think the, if uh, everything evolves, listeners have to know how you feel about the Skulk. I love the Skulk. They rule, right?
0: Think, oh, the Skulk, look, and, and and one thing I thought of watching this match, and I, I may have even tweeted this out, is, okay, we've established the Skulk as this super fun act that is always over with every crowd, Right. So now it's time to get some of these individual personalities in the Skulk over. I don't care who you pick. I don't know which ones are your favorite or AT's favorite, but pick a couple of them and let's get them over. If that's Leon Ruff, fine. And I don't have a problem with him losing this match, but let's start giving these guys and girls in the Skulk some matches so we can start – letting them show some individuality and start getting them over. Because there are some potential stars in this group. And as we just spent a half hour talking about, Evolve needs stars.
1: Yeah, it almost feels like this was never intended. That they were really just supposed to come out with AR Fox and kind of create a, a something for him, you know, an environment for him. But they've gotten over to this crazy extent. So yeah, now you got to run with them. Yeah, you got to see which
0: ones have it. And um and, and 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 try to get him over. I mean, what what else you gonna do? You know, who else you going to push? Facade or Jason Kincaid or something? Go with one of the, these. Are these are
1: fresh? Yeah, yeah. So I I thought this was a pretty good match. I mean, for Leon Ruff, his first singles match, I believe. I thought he did a pretty good job. I mean, he's a really young guy. I think he's like twenty one. Um, I thought he was good here. Yeah, I mean,
0: clearly a little rough around the edges. Get it? <laughs> oh, so geez. bad so bad um but yeah I mean he you know he's clearly green in a lot of ways and 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 he's young and um and and is rough around you but you know it look it's you don't have to get him over tomorrow you know right. and he doesn't have to win matches um you know for a while just get him in there let him get some signature moves over um let him develop um some some individualistic personality and and then and, and then you go from there he's definitely a guy with some potential though no doubt about it
1: So uh, they did at least, I mean, you're saying, you know, Ruff loses the match. They did at least have Dickinson come out and make it somewhat of a distraction win for Jaka, which I felt was a little weird, but you do have to save because, of course, these two were going to have a tag title, be involved in a tag title match the next night. So you don't completely kill Leon Ruff.
0: Classic gay booking. You're setting up the match the next night.
1: Right. So uh, Dickinson and Jaka end up kind of going in on the skulk here. AR Fox comes out. And runs off Doom Patrol. Then we get Austin Theory in, who attacks Fox and tells us, of course, that he's going to beat Velveteen Dream as easily as he laid out AR Fox. So we're building up to the Theory versus Fox match for the next night. The Skulk versus Doom Patrol match the next night. Everything flowing together like normal Gabe does. So good so far. Our next match, the returning Jason Kincaid and the returning Facade defeat Joe Gacy and Steve Pena. Uh, this was much better than I thought it was going to be.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, but it was just bizarre to have you know <laughs> Kincaid come back. A- another guy who, you know, it- they tried with Kincaid, and he only worked at a certain level. Um, he couldn't get over the hump, and then they stopped using him. Facade is just a dude who I've been watching for the last 10 to 15 years. Any indie I watch, he pops up in it at some point. Um, and, you know, Facade is a nice throwback because – Wrestlers are too good now. This is going to sound like a backhanded compliment, but wrestlers are too good now. I mean, you don't see botches very much anymore. You don't see guys who just do wild reckless shit. Facade kind of stinks, which <laughs> makes him unique, and I like that about him because he's kind of a throwback. He's kind of, he kind of reminds me of like vintage Sabu without a fraction of the charisma. Because. He's not afraid to fuck up a spot or try something that he can't do and 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 there's always that train wreck aspect to him and and it's it sounds like I'm burying the guy but I truly mean this as a compliment. He stands out because everyone else is too good now in 2018 and he's not. And and I like that he's rough around the edges and clumsy and fucks things up. I just, I just like that aspect to him. And, but you know, he's a guy that can never advance past, you know, a prelim level, even a place like this. And to see Joe Gacy pop up and evolve, <laughs> I mean, this is just, you know, this is crazy. And then I don't even, I knew nothing about Steve Pena before this match, but, but yeah, I mean, every match on this show was basically the same. I'm not going to have different thoughts about anything until we get to the main event. All these matches were fine.
1: Now you watched those uh, Jason Kincaid matches. In NWA Smoky Mountain with Chase Owens, right?
0: I've been watching Jason Cade for many years, yeah. And the Chase Owens feud, that's like, a, a you know, th- those guys probably have wrestled at least 100 times.
1: Okay, so I was hearing about him in those days. Didn't watch yeah. that stuff. Didn't really see him until he came to Evolve. Have never been impressed with him. But I heard so much good stuff about him in NWA Smoky Mountain. So what's the deal?
0: That was a traveling feud. I mean, between tags and singles, like I said, they've probably been in the ring a hundred times, but their singles matches. I've seen the NWA Smoky Mountain stuff. I think that's uh, Innovate Wrestling now, now that they don't have the NWA affiliation anymore. And I've seen them wrestle live too. They wrestled at least two matches against each other down here in Texas, uh, Chase Owens and and Jason Kincaid. And there's a sort of a a traveling feud, uh, you know, in, in the Southern part of the United States. And yeah, they have uncanny... Um, um. Um. What's the word I'm looking for? Chemistry, Chemistry with each other, and yeah, they knock it out of the park. I've seen at least three or four matches with those two that that cracked four stars, and um, you know, we all know that Chase Owens has moved on to New Japan, and 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 he's doing great work there. Kincaid, it just didn't work out in Evolve. I think he went a little too gimmick heavy with the uh, what is it? I guess it's a the whole uh, what would you even call his gimmick is. It, it, I don't know religious sort of spiritual, spiritual um, mysticism. I don't know. Is, is it the Hindu religion that he's channeling? I mean, I'm not even sure. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't think he knows. Yeah. And I mean, I think he may have just gotten a little too heavy with that. And, and maybe he was just, I, I don't know what it is, but it, you're right. It it didn't work quite. I wasn't as down on him and evolve as some other people were. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, the chase Owens matches are well worth seeking out if anyone wants to go look for them. So.
1: All right. All uh, right. After the match, Joe Gacy laid out Steve Pena. No clue if that's going to lead to anything in Evolve, but it is a thing that happened.
0: Do you want that to lead to something in in Evolve?
1: I thought Joe Gacy was fun in this match, um, but no, I I don't really want to see that. But I wouldn't mind seeing Joe Gacy mix it up with like John Davis or somebody. Uh, Yeah. I mean,
0: Gacy's problem his whole career has been his look. Right. Right. That
1: that doesn't matter here, Joe.
0: (laughs) Well, that's a perfect segue to the
1: next match. (laughs) Yeah, we get J.D. Drake defeating Harlem Bravado with the drill bit. Um, I I was talking to A.T. about J.D. Drake after the show. To me, I really like J.D. Drake's work. But I think due to his look, he's probably maxed out what he can do uh, in pro wrestling.
0: I think that J.D. Drake, like you, look, the guy can go. Yep. And actually, this was a shockingly good match with Harlem Bravado, another guy from another era of Evolve. Um, shockingly good. But the thing with JD Drake is, you know, it's, it's, he cannot be a top baby face with that look. And I think, though, that there's something there if he's a heel. I think if you turn him and he's a nasty throwback Southern cowboy heel, which I don't think you've ever had in Evolve which is basically a Northeastern promotion with uh, work rating and all those sorts of things throughout its history. That's where that guy, you can really run with him. I, I do think even though he got the big win over Janela that we'll talk about, I do think there's a cap on him as a baby face. I, I agree with you there.
1: Yeah. I think if, if he wants to do what you're talking about, I think he should watch everything Joe Doring does in all Japan. Oh yeah. And if he's watching that and tries to emulate that in a, if they do a heel run with him, then yeah, maybe there's, maybe there is, Uh, maybe I'm wrong that he hasn't maxed out what he can do. I really like the guy. And then
0: if you're really good at that, you start to get over as a face while you're a heel and people want you to turn back. I mean, we're looking, we're playing chess now and looking three steps down the road. Right. But, but yeah, I, yeah, that's a tremendous uh, comparison in person to model yourself after.
1: All right. Then we had the shine four-way freestyle uh, setting up, you know, try to, Get some interest in the Shine pay-per-view that was going on the next day. Priscilla Kelly defeated Kiara Hogan, Aja Pereira, and Dementia DeRose. Uh, this did not, sadly, get me excited. I was thinking about watching the Shine show, and this match kind of ruined that for me. And I was like, you know, I think I'm going to save the uh, the two hours of my time. It's the opposite of the intended, uh, you yeah. know. I- I'm glad to see some women's wrestling involved, but this did not do it for me.
0: I mean, it was fine. I- I've never seen... Aja Pereira or Dementia De Rose before, and they were interesting. Yeah, um, Kira Hogan, yeah, yeah. It, it, her her Impact deal I know was up in July, but I know she still works every Impact taping, so I don't know what's going on with that. You know, popping up in Evolve, or whether it matters or not. And you know, Priscilla Kelly, you had to figure was going to win this as really the only Evolve regular. I mean, it was it, it was fine. I like seeing new wrestlers for the first time. How about I just leave it at that.
1: For sure, all right, then we get to the business end of the card. Darby Allen defeated Anthony Henry with the Last Supper. Now this I thought uh was very good, but I have one one issue now that Darby beat Walter and is kind of pushing up the card, it's gotten to, I think the Darby's aura has changed to where I expect him to win. There was no question in my mind he was winning this match, so he's really gonna have to work hard to. Uh, transition into a new, not change his character, but you know, transition the way he works and the way he presents himself, because he can't be the baby face that you have to get behind because you think the other guy's going to beat him. You're dead on. This has always been
0: my issue with Darby yeah, Allen. And I'm it's glad
1: why. I brought you on the show.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's always been my issue with him, and I know Rich is a huge fan of Darby Allen. And I like Darby Allen a lot, but the problem I always had with Darby Allen is everyone was screaming about wanting him to win the title uh, in that big title match. He had, uh, I guess it was about six months ago or whatever it was. And I was like, no, he shouldn't win that um, Darby Allen. It would, it would, it would, it would run counter to what he does. Well, he can't, you know, and now the problem that they have with this lack of star power, you nailed it. He's the favorite in all of these matches. Now he should win and that runs counter to what he's good at which is the ultimate underdog and not in a cheesy WWE way but an underdog that you can really rally behind and 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 want to see overcome the odds but i really think he's at his best when he loses and and yeah it, it's it's working as the favorite just there's something off about that he needs large opponents like Walter, who's the in the ideal world perfect for that. You know who they should bring in the feud with Darby Allen, Shingo, someone like that to just fucking mm. beat the living shit out of him, and so he can work as an underdog again. And he can oh, and look, Shingo's not going to you know you bring him in for uh, three or four dates, and Allen wins the last match and vanquishes him and moves on to where he's going to move on to. But that's the role he needs to be in. And I do think they have a Darby Allen problem. I forget that he's even there. I, I just don't think he's he can be an ace of your promotion. He can't be your big title holder who valiantly defends the title on every show. And and you know, unfortunately, he's one of their top options right now because of of, of you know he was in a perfect role when they were lo- when the roster was more loaded and he could just be that guy to work semi main event and be a big underdog. Now I don't know what you do with Darby Allen. They have a Darby Allen problem. I think they view him as the guy. I really do. I think that's a mistake. I think he loses a
1: lot if he's the guy. I think they're setting him up to be the guy with uh this new dearth of of talent that they have. And I don't know. I think he's gotten really good. I'm I'm impressed at how much he's improved since he first showed up and involved in those Ethan Page matches. Yeah. I think he's really good. And so when I when I what I was saying was I think he's got to change how he presents himself. I'm not out on the idea of him being the guy. I just think it's going to really take some work from him.
0: Yeah, you're right. It can't be in this incarnation. And I don't want people to get it twisted. I think he's immensely talented. You know, he's great. I just don't think he can be an ace as currently constructed, like you're saying. He might have to do something different. And, you know, and then, you know, who knows if he can successfully do something other than what he's been doing.
1: Well, I have a feeling we're about to find out whether he can do it. (laughs) All right. All right. Stokely Hathaway shows up next. Uh, If you missed out on last month's episodes, uh, Stokely, of course, lost a, essentially a loser leaves town match. Uh, But here he is. He shows up. He says he's a man of his word. He knows he lost his contract, but there have to be other opportunities. Maybe he could be the ring announcer. Uh, But then everybody, the referees come out and escort him out. What do you think about Stokely Hathaway showing back up the weekend after losing a loser leaves town match? Well, he got broken Stoke.
0: So I don't know where it's going. They did some stuff on the next show too. Um, maybe they have successfully worked all of us because we were all speculating, shit, he's going to show up with Matt Riddle on NXT. and yep. you know, So if they have successfully worked us, I'm going to use the the Alan Cunahan quote of, work me. He, you know, I like to be worked in this age where we know everything and we can't be worked and we know every every step that's coming, and we're privy to all the inside information. If they successfully worked everyone into believing that he was leaving, but they're simply doing a angle with him. I think that's awesome.
1: I'm definitely intrigued to see where it goes. All right. Tracy Williams defeated John Davis. I got literally nothing to say about this.
0: Yeah. It was a match that existed. It was, it was Tracy Williams evolved career. I mean, he just, it was a match that existed.
1: It's a bummer because uh, I really like John Davis in like a mid-card gatekeeper role. Yeah. But they are so uh, bereft of talent right now that they kind of have to move him up the card a little bit and it's just not good for him.
0: John Davis is the guy Gabe calls when he's in these transitions. Right. And John Davis, he doesn't work anywhere else. You know, (laughs) he just waits by the phone. (laughs) <laughs> Every two and a half years for Gabe to call and say, hey, I got some spots to fill on the next six shows. Are you available? And he answers yes before Gabe's done talking. <laughs> you know, that, that's John Davis. Uh, but Josh, I like him alive. Always like John Davis.
1: Yeah, I like him, too. Josh Briggs defeated Chris Dickinson uh, with the M5. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Josh Briggs? I haven't heard you talk about him.
0: Briggs feels like a guy that, that, that Gabe likes. You know, you kind of like if you study Gabe over the years, you see little things and um, in in the booking and 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 just I, I feel like he likes Briggs a lot, you know, and and Briggs might be that sweet spot for him where he's not quite ready to get signed up, so maybe Briggs is a guy he can sink his teeth into for a couple years. You know, like you were talking about earlier, you, you don't have these guys for as long as you used to. Well, a guy like Briggs, I can't see him walking out on NXT next month. So maybe this is a guy where you can book long-term with him. So I, I think it's pretty clear though, that he's someone that the company likes. You could see that John Davis is kind of just filling a role right now, for example. and um, But you can see that guys like JD Drake and Josh Briggs, uh, there's, there's a little bit of steam behind them.
1: Yeah. And they're handling Briggs the right way in my estimation. I'm not a huge fan of his so far, but, you know, given it time, but they are slowly building him up. They're not throwing him immediately into championship matches. So maybe Gabe does uh, expect that he has plenty of time with him. Yeah. All right. And then the TV main event, at least the WWN championship match, Joey Janela defeated AR Fox with a package PAL driver. This is the match I probably have the most to say about, but I'll I'll let you uh, get us started, Joe. I you
0: know I saw some of AT's thoughts on Twitter and I'm right with him. I don't understand why the Skulk were behaving as heels. Um there was nothing wrong with the work per se, although it it I may not have liked it as much as some other people did. I didn't you don't know, think it was a great match or anything. I was just perplexed by the booking of it all and it all came off very confusing.
1: Yeah, I hated this match. Not least because of the weird stuff with the Skulk. I mean that was probably the most the reason I hated it most. I said on Twitter I was rating it a dud. Uh, I have revised that because some of it was over with the crowd. So I can't completely say it was worthless because uh, it worked in part. So I just hated it. The skulk stuff sucked. The Everybody's talked about how it got kind of, uh, you know, the, the worst stereotype of indie wrestling toward the end with just kicking out of everything. Yeah. And I was just bored of it by the end. You know, it was just, I hated it. So, yeah,
0: I mean, I was a bit kind with it. I let you do the burial, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it was a lot like the rest of the show where it was kind of just existed. And you wanted more out of it, though, which is why it was more disappointing right. than the other matches. I so just I, I, at I, I, that point in the show, you were expecting it to save the show. A, right. a very mundane show. And then you're like, well, OK, this is going to save it. And we're all going to be talking about this. It just didn't. It, it didn't work.
1: I'm just I'm not sure about Joey Janelle, to be honest. I bought into a lot of the hype, just really enjoying the spring break stuff, uh, but not watching him wrestle that often. And he showed up in Evolve, and I was excited because at least he's a star. But I just his work just isn't on the level of these other guys. He needs – you know, his match at All In with Hangman Page was very good. But he needs gimmicks to have entertaining matches, in my opinion.
0: This is a topic we've explored a lot on the flagship. I had the same doubts as you had with him coming into WWN and he's 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 been better than i thought he would be so you may be more down on him than i than i am i i think he's held his own bell to bell he surprised me with his ability to to work a, a quote unquote straight match i think what's missing and 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 i'm not completely down on his run here i think he's clearly the guy they have to go with here's the problem well i guess we'll talk about it later but he loses all the time you know I, I, that i don't understand he, he's a title holder and two of his last three big matches, the four-way where the, where he needed to be pinned for the title and someone else, you know, he doesn't win that match and he loses to Drake. I don't get why he should be winning constantly. So I think the presentation hurts and I think they need to let him talk a little more. You know, he's very charismatic. He's a great talker. Um he's not, you know, one of these old school Evolve guys who gets over uh entirely bell to bell. He can get over with his mouth. So I, I think they're lacking Uh, Mike time for him. And I really wish he was booked a little better, but um, I can see why someone like you is, is down on him. But um, I I think he's incredibly charismatic and I wouldn't lose faith. Uh, And, and, and I guess we'll just have to see what happens moving forward.
1: Yeah. Basically. I just think he's fine in the ring. Yeah. And I could see it. Yeah. In in this promotion right now, that's not enough. He, yeah, he's kind of in a position to carry the promotion in a lot of ways. And uh, I just need a little more out of it.
0: Maybe what Evolve is transitioning into is our matches are kind of okay. But (laughs) it's like, remember that one, it's funny that Harlem Bravado worked these shows because there was that one period of time there where where Gabe's new thing, and it didn't last long, and you may not even remember it. Gabe's new thing was our shows are going to have variety. You're going to get brawls. You're going to get wrestling. You're going to get comedy. You're going to get women's matches. It lasted like one weekend of shows. But I remember because the Bravados were doing, like, comedy matches with Maxwell Chicago, you know? Oh, for, yeah. And the matches were just getting shit on, you know? And that was the end of the Evolve Variety Hour, okay? That lasted, like, one weekend. So, you know, who knows? Maybe Evolve will – Evolve. maybe you played – hey, listen. Maybe – why not play to Janela's strengths? If you're getting behind them, have them do some plunder. Yes. You know? have him do some plunder and let him get over that way, and then maybe it'll be easier for him to have straight matches if he's already over because of the plunder
1: right. I couldn't agree with that more all right, let's move on to evolve one thirteen and Queens, uh overall thoughts on this show relative to one twelve
0: much better show, yeah, um, whereas the other show was every match was equally mundane. This was a show where I thought every match was pretty damn good,
1: yeah, and the first show went uh, it was over three hours. This show was under two hours, which yeah. was uh, great, in my opinion, especially with the roster they have right now. That was a little bizarre. I, I did think – and it's almost like uh,
0: there were no like long entrances. It was just like one match after another, which I, I don't know. Maybe Gabe had a hot dinner date or something. I, I don't know what was going on. <laughs> but it felt like they were in a hurry. This felt like one yeah. of those WrestleMania weekend shows where there's four shows in one day. And remember that Crash show last year? Were you there?
1: Yes, yes.
0: Yeah. And and we were all like, that was a fun show. But why was every match six minutes? And why did it finish in an hour 55? You know, it, it's like, yeah. th- it's, this is what that felt like. Something where they were in a hurry.
1: Yeah, that Flamita, what, Ray Phoenix match that went like five minutes?
0: Right when they were hitting their stride, too. <laughs> we were all like on the edge of our seat going, all right, rubbing our hands together. We're yeah. like, this is getting good. And then they went to the finish. It was a five-minute match. And I'm like, this is fucking bullshit, you know? But uh, But yeah, this is what this felt like.
1: I was really worried for this opener because uh, suddenly we were having a six way freestyle or however many ways. And I was like, oh, good. We're just throwing everybody who isn't in a match in this first match. I
0: thought they were just going to keep introducing people. It was like the entrance way was a clown car. It's just one guy after another coming out. I'm like, how many people are in this fucking match? You know, And, and, and it was like representative of every phase of Evolve, too. You know, Harlem Bravado coming out. John Davis coming out. I'm waiting for him to just stare at fans and do his <laughs> old gimmick. You got Facade, who's part of every phase of Evolve. And then you got Jason Kincaid, the post-grapple fuck Evolve. Anthony Henry, the modern Evolve. I'm like, how many people are in this fucking match? I'm waiting for some Evolve OGs to come out from behind. The, 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 you know, I, I didn't know what was going on here. Um, it never stopped. And then they went out there and killed it.
1: Yeah, they did. So we had – Anthony Henry defeating Facade, Harlem Bravado, John Davis, Josh Briggs, and Jason Kincaid. The best thing about this, I thought, was that when it got started, it was like, oh, the crowd is really into this. And it was a lot like All In in that this is why I really thought a lot of people were there to see Velveteen Dream. Because the crowd was going crazy for the most basic stuff. uh, Just popping crazy. And so I I was like, all right, well, this is going to be a fun show no matter what.
0: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the match was really fucking good. Um, it was, you know, it was. Everyone got a chance to shine, and I think that the right guy won, and Briggs got plenty of shine, um, you know, even though uh, somebody else won the match. So um, I thought, you know, I was like, okay, now we're in business because this was better than anything on the on 112, and it was just the opener.
1: Absolutely. I was uh, already excited about the show, and then it went right into uh, J.D. Drake defeating Joey Janella with a moonsault. Uh, I thought this was uh, very good, actually. But I had the same issue with you. Uh, At passed this along to me earlier. Janella is three and five in evolve, including three and two in singles matches.
0: Right. Yeah, and and really see, I don't. If you want to get behind JD Drake and push him, I have no problem with that. My problem is Janella keeps losing. And it's right. hard to build momentum. And he's clearly the biggest star on the roster.
1: Oh, yeah. Crowd go, every crowd goes nuts for him. And, you know, but Gabe does this tweet earlier, or maybe, maybe it was yesterday, about Janela just has the it factor, something that yeah. you can't buy. Okay, but you can kill it. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And he's putting Penelope Ford over harder, too. Shit, yeah. his profile pick on Twitter is, is a picture where he's like <laughs> got his arms around Janela and Penelope Ford. <laughs> so he's not exactly hiding his hand here with with you know the horse he's going to ride and evolve moving forward.
1: So that was the weird thing about the, the show the night before and the Skulk thing because it was clearly built just to have Penelope Ford do a dive onto the Skulk. Yeah. So it's like, well, we, we don't really care what this does to the Skulk because it's all in service of Penelope, who we think is a star.
0: Oh, listen, and, and the thing about Penelope Ford is she kind of has – a Zelina Vega and NXT vibe forget SmackDown where they're overexposing her and having her work singles matches with Lana so about NXT Zelina Vega where every Miss match you knew you were getting that one big Vega spot and it always came at precisely the right time and she always nailed it and she was equal uh, a star as Almus was arguably a bigger star than Almus in NXT I get that same feel from Ford all in she killed it in her big spot where she came in and, and flew around and was throwing Hangman Page all over the place. And, then, and oh, here, yeah. too, was another good example of it. It's that Zelina Vega feel, and, and I'm, I'm with you. I, I agree, and I think she's a star. But where does it go? Yeah, is you she, know I mean? There are women on the roster.
1: Well, I mean, is she, are we building to her wrestling Priscilla Kelly at some point?
0: <laughs> Who else is she going to build her to? There's no right. one else there. So, I mean,
1: big, are, are we building her to wrestle or just to keep doing dives? In these matches, in Janelle, it might not be the worst
0: idea to have her just keep doing dives. I mean, you know, I've not seen her wrestle
1: a straight match, but you're probably. uh, No, I did. I saw her in a uh, tag match at the first Joy Janelle Spring Break, but I don't remember much about that.
0: She's okay. I mean, she can go. She's um, you know, she's a she's a competent pro wrestler. That's not the issue. I just don't know. I mean, do you send her to Shine? I, you right. know, that's where people go to, to die. I mean, there's nothing going, there's no <laughs> buzz there. You want to talk about lack of buzz. Yeah. Nobody pays attention to shine. Um, what, is, what, what would, which you follow Joshi a little bit and where would shine rank in, in worldwide women's promotions in terms of women's wrestling fans? I mean, it'd be fifth or sixth, you know, maybe even lower.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's lower than shimmer.
0: Yeah, in its own backyard. And then if you're into Joshi at all, it's behind three or four different places, I would oh, think. Oh, easily. It's yeah. your priority. Yeah. Uh, you might have to get down to places like Marvelous and even put them ahead of <laughs> Shine at this point. Pl- I yeah. mean, I'm I'm not trying to be funny. It's just. No, you know, you're right. So I don't know. Do you hide her in Shine where there's just. Does she want to do that? I, I don't know if she wants to do that. So you're right. What do you do? If you think she's a star, what do you do with her?
1: Right. I, I mean, they haven't put her on the mic, you know, because obviously she could just be a valet. Uh, but. That maxes out somewhere. Listen, she could have been cut in half by Jarek. This
0: would have been perfect. (laughs) And then she could have feuded with Candy Cartwright. You know, it all would have worked out. I'm so disappointed that no one ever got cut in half. Yeah, I mean, I was waiting for that, and it never happened. It looks like poor Jarek is – we may never see that guy again. You better check on him. I hope he's all right.
1: I don't expect to ever see him again. Uh, And, you know, poor Candy Cartwright, who lost bookings (laughs) out of this too. Yeah. Bullshit, Uh, man. All right, one more thing about Janela do. Do you see him as a guy who could go to NXT?
0: Yes. Um, I'm not sold on it. There's going to be issues there. I mean, he's not in very good shape. Uh, He's not in WWE TV shape. But see, I, I see. I must be buying his charisma more than you are. And that may be because I've been exposed to Joey Janela since he was a shindy dork, 19 years old, working New Jersey Indies. I've seen him grow. Um, And I've seen sort of the same path when it comes to people being exposed to Janela, Rich Krej being one of them, where at first you do not fucking get it. Then you're like, ah, I get it, but it's not for me. And then you're like, all right, I fucking get it, and I'm all in. This guy, he's he's got something. It's It's – Everyone goes through that life cycle (laughs) with Joey Genoa. So maybe you're in the second phase where it's like, okay, I get it, but it's not for me.
1: Yeah, Um, I I love him as like a galaxy brain booker. Yeah. He's great at that. And he's great at building hype for these shows and stuff. Um, I'm just, I'm not sold on him between the, between the bells. One thing to remember with pro wrestling, if you can, if you get over everywhere
0: you go, there's a good chance you can get over anywhere. And the guy gets over everywhere he goes eventually. So I think that's um, – look, am I saying he's some kind of lock to go to WWE and succeed? No. Do I think he could eventually wind up in NXT? Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, Both, I think, our mutual good friend, Epitasis from Twitter, uh, tells me that I worry way too much about wrestling when it comes to wrestling. And so maybe I'm just focusing too much on whether he's a good wrestler, and yeah, of that and, really I, and that's the
0: thing too. I think you're a little his wrestling is better than I think you're giving it credit for too. Right. I, I would say, look, look, sometimes people just don't connect with us, and maybe right. this guy just doesn't connect with you and never will. Um, so that could be the case too. But you know, maybe in six months you'll have a different view. I should
1: say, in full disclosure, he blocked the Evolve Pod account, so. I can't say whether that's playing into my opinions. <laughs>
0: he blocked you, huh? He's usually pretty good natured. I mean, uh, he took a lot of abuse from Krejci for a long time and never blocked us uh, to the point where Krejci had that awkward personal meeting with him at an AAW show.
1: Really, I don't. I don't know about that.
0: Oh yeah, and Krejci tried to put the heat off on me, <laughs> but, and, and then and then Kreich tried to get out of it because it was awkward. Because Janella was like, oh, yeah, you're on that show and you're the guy that doesn't like me. Because I'd always put <laughs> them in the, and with would bury him, you know? And then Crates was like, oh, uh, uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, um, and then he started name dropping. That
1: was a great rich impression, by the
0: way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then he started, he started to get out of it. He started name dropping New Jersey indie guys that I'm friends with <laughs> that he knew Janella was friends with. And he'd be like, Oh, do you know uh, uh you know this guy and this guy? And Janelle was like, Yeah, yeah, they're friends of mine. And then they then it, you know, he got him off of the track of of potentially taking a beating from Joey Janella, you know. <laughs> so so yeah, it, you know, but so I would always defend the guy, Rich would always bury him, and, and and he never blocked us. He's been and he follows us and he interacts with us, and now it's all good. You know, him and Cratch are like best pals now, because you know Captain Cratch. Yeah. Oh, with yeah. the butt kissing, you know. Okay. He's basically going over Cody's for a barbecue next week. Oh, I, know. You I know.
1: know. He's
0: you know, he might he's in bed with these guys now, so you know, great well, trolls.
1: AT buried uh the Lost in New York show, and uh that apparently set, oh, set Janella yeah.
0: off. Oh, I remember he said it'd be nice if these shows actually had good wrestling for once, I think was the brunt <laughs> of the tweet, right? Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> Janela actually complained to us, not like because you're under the same pocket but i remember him saying something i was like imagine thinking these shows should be about the you know you imagine thinking you're getting 2006 noah with these things and we're like yeah you know what are you gonna do oh you know, sure, sure i didn't and watch as a the socialist show. you can't trust his opinion. you know I,
1: I didn't watch the show so i don't have an opinion on it so all right stokely came again out next uh still looking for a job doom patrol comes out and says well he can be a wrestler and so we get chris dickinson uh, beating Stokely Hathaway in about 30 seconds with a nasty Pazuzu bomb. Uh, I was a little worried about Stokely after this bump, but uh, I don't know. Well, I'm just interested to see where this goes, I guess. Not the first time
0: Dickinson has thrown a potentially reckless uh, power bomb. Uh, um, yeah. But again, it's I'm interested to see if this was just Hathaway, like Gabe seems to be putting over just fulfilling commitments. Or I tend to think now that they're doing a storyline here. So I'm not insulted that they kind of went back on the stipulation from the prior weekend. Because I think they're just telling a larger story here. And I'm fine with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, And then the the match that I was really looking forward to for the whole weekend. uh, Doom Patrol defeated the Skulk. This was Leon Roth and Adrian Alanis with a super Pazuzu bomb. And then Jaka hit a top rope splash to finish him off. What did you think about the Skulk in their first big test?
0: One thing about all the matches on this show where they were – well, until the next one is they were all action from bell to bell, and this was another one. This was – I'm not going to count the Dickinson singles match, but this was the third straight match on this show, which just was straight action from bell to bell, and and I thought the Skulk acquitted themselves well. And again, you do see where they're rough around the edges a little bit. You do, um, but that's to be expected, and that's okay at this level. I don't need them to be finely-tuned workers. Uh, at this point in their careers. Um, but yeah, yeah, I I enjoyed the hell out of this.
1: I thought it was interesting because I, I thought we were in for a match where it would at least look like the Skulk might win at some point, but I don't think we really got that. It was, I wouldn't say it was an extended squash, but Doom Patrol was in control of the whole match.
0: I think that's the right way to play it, though, honestly, because you know Skulk hasn't wrestled a ton, and uh, we haven't really gotten them over as, as individual entities yet. So I, that part of it, I didn't really mind, but you aren't wrong.
1: No, I I think that was probably the right way to go. I just thought it was interesting that that that's how they went. You can definitely build much farther down the road to these guys winning these titles. Yeah. Uh, After the match, Austin Theory and Priscilla Kelly came out and uh, Theory mocked the skulk, and this kind of bled right into Austin Theory taking on A.R. Fox. Uh, Austin Theory wins with Ataxia. This is probably the best-built match in the promotion right now, the uh, student versus teacher uh, and it was an absolutely great match. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it great, oh, um, but
0: okay. I I I liked it a lot though. Um I I'd hesitate to use the word great. I think the, Austin the,
1: the best Austin Theory match probably that I've seen.
0: I'd have to think about that. And That's and fair. you might be right. He he just the, the problem I have with Austin Theory is and he grinds these matches to a halt sometimes and um you know, I I know slapping on that chin lock is heel work and all that, but um, there's there's time and a place for that sort of thing. And there were a couple points in this match where I was like, this is just the wrong tone. The show has been go 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 go, and um, I think they worked the wrong kind of match here. I think Fox should have uh, basically uh, beat the living shit out of him, took him to the limit, and they should have done that sort of match where, where Theory then cuts them off at the end. Um, but but it, it, look, it was a good everything on this show was good. I didn't well, I didn't really dislike anything. Um, but I but I hesitate at calling it great. Austin Theory is a guy who looks great. Uh we all know he's not a great wrestler. I think the pairing with Priscilla Kelly is is it makes sense on paper to give Austin Theory that, that, that little bit of a bump to give him a valet and all those sorts of things. But they're just so opposite that it's it's sometimes opposites work. In this case, it's Austin Theory is like, you know. The uh, the high school quarterback who's you know who, who's banging cheerleaders under the stands and Priscilla Kelly is like the goth chick who only goes to art class and cuts all of the other classes and she's dating a twenty three year old gas station attendant and I just I can't see these two being together in any way shape or form it doesn't make sense to me and they they look awkward together they don't behave they don't have particularly great chemistry together. Um, so the whole theory thing, and, and again, they, they tried to give him a mega push in New Orleans. To me, it didn't work. They backpedaled in on on that a little. He holds one of the thousand titles this company has, but it's the dopey FIP title that no one cares about. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. It's this was a this was a good match. Don't get me wrong. I think the more interesting thing is AR Fox lost twice.
1: Yeah, I, I really thought the wrong guy won here. I mean. In the context of the story, I get that they want to ride Austin Theory, but in the context of the story, it just felt wrong for Theory to just dispose of A.R. Fox in their first meeting here.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree. A.R. Fox lost twice too in the weekend, which um, you know, I know he's not a guy we've talked a ton about, but he's one of the few, you know, reliable stars that you have, and and um yeah, it would I agree with you, it would have worked better if he won this one.
1: And I hear what you're saying about Priscilla Kelly and Austin Theory. I, I think the post-match started to uh, lean toward maybe them breaking up. I mean, we, we got Theory saying he surpassed his teacher, uh, and he had a little bit of uh, dissension there with Priscilla Kelly, wanted her to stay out of his spotlight, hold the title. Then we get Darby out, who attacks Theory, and they we get a little moment between Darby and Priscilla Kelly, uh, but then Priscilla Kelly runs off. So I wonder if what we're leading to is uh, Priscilla Kelly ending up with Darby. Without question. And
0: And it's, and it's, and it's much better. And that could be the change he needs that you were talking about earlier. Mm -mm. Who knows how that will, that chemistry will work and, and, and what that does for him. But I think without question, that's where we're headed.
1: Well, obviously they have real chemistry in real life.
0: Right. So Uh. which, which can help. I mean, if, if, you know, the fact that they're legitimately a couple, um, it doesn't always translate on screen. Right. But um, just, you know, it could be one of those things that just helps both of them um, go in a, a different direction, which, yeah, if they're, if they're going to go with Allen as the, 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 uh, the ace, he's going to need some sort of new direction.
1: Yeah. And I, I think this is the, uh, such as there is in the promotion, I think this is the money match Darby in theory.
0: Oh yeah. So. I, yeah. With what they have now. Yeah. And then with Janella, So scatterbrained and losing all the time and no real... I mean, that guy holds one of their... Which one does he... I, he holds the WW... No, he holds the yeah, Evolve title.
1: No, he has the WWN title.
0: He's the WWN title. Okay. Uh, Strickland has the Evolve title. That's right. Yuri he has the World Television Championship. The, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. So, um, remember when uh, Paro was still around? Wasn't he, like, the fourth string? Wasn't he the champion of, like,
1: ACW or something? Well, yeah. when, when they, they When they first did, like, the... And I know that Ogan is going to correct me on this because he knows everything about the WWN universe, but yes, when they first created the WWN title and like brought him in for the, the six way in Orlando, I think he was, I think he had actually won a style battle or something. Ogan's going to tell me, but I think he was like the ACW champion.
0: I think he was the ACW. I think that was his in. And, and I think he wouldn't need a first or second guy eliminated in that match or something, but,
1: uh,
0: but, but yeah.
1: All right. One more match. uh, Who? Evolved champion Shane Strickland defeated Tracy Williams in uh, an interminable match uh, by submission. This was bad. Huh? I mean, I just, I hated this. <laughs> I didn't
0: like it either. I, I, I didn't like it either. Look, Tracy Williams, adios. Uh, yeah. Is, he, is
1: he leaving the it. company?
0: Yeah. Gabe says he's done. Gabe oh. uh, publicly said in a tweet that uh, Tracy Williams, that. It's, it's time for him to leave the territory. Is what Gabe said. So,
1: and well, I, and I think understand. he's. Right. I mean, no
0: one can really disagree. He's from another era, and um, he doesn't just he doesn't mesh with this roster at all anymore. And there's really nothing else you can do with him. He's not a star. He's not a guy you can belt up. And uh, he puts in matches like this where he drags Shane Strickland down to his level. So, um, I have no problem with with waving goodbye to Tracy Williams. And um, yeah, I didn't. This may have been the match that I enjoyed the least on, on the entire show.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, this tweet was in the thread that I literally linked to you in the uh, show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, I want to thank Tracy Williams. Last night was his final show involved for the foreseeable future. It was just time to leave the territory. There you go. Uh, but it goes on to say he's welcome back. So, yeah, interesting. I, I think it's best for everyone. I tried to get behind Tracy at times just as a fan, and uh he's just not a guy who interests me, yep, so he lacks anyway, that charisma okay. in
0: a big way I mean he just there's nothing there's just no charisma there it's you can understand why I worked under a mask all those years in a <laughs> flagship throwback but I don't know uh anything about that a flagship callback <laughs> spot for you
1: but um not on th- not on this show, Lanza. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But, yeah, I, you know, right. it's the nothing match.
1: Yes. All right. Well, that that was uh, the end of the Evolve weekend. We haven't. It's weird, Joe. I, I had you on, and we haven't had much, like, just utter goofiness. Do you know how over the this is why you drive eight hours Lanza saying is?
0: Yes. Is it over?
1: Oh, yeah. We were yelling it in Chicago. I mean.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're, it's the truth. Though. You get a big card or a big match. That's why you drive eight hours, man. You, you got to get excited. You got to go to these shows. You only live once.
1: It's absolutely true. I was bummed that you were not in Chicago. I guess uh, your wife's birthday, right? It was
0: TLB's birthday. And we had a trip planned, which totally sapped my finances. So www.patreon slash Voices Wrestling, <laughs> if you like to subscribe to our great content, um, you know, I could really use it right now. Because you know, she, I told her, pick whatever hotel you want. And um, you know, she picked one. And I didn't pay attention when I gave the old credit card number. And uh, there was some sticker shock at the receptionist desk when we got to that hotel. Let me tell you, um, you know, I was like, listen, you know, I, I was trying to nudge her towards McDonald's for dinner that night. Let me just put it that way. I wasn't able to do that though. we had at reservations, but, uh, but yeah, so it was TLB's birthday weekend. Couldn't get out to all in. It was booked well in advance. Although I did try to sneak back into the hotel room for the pre-show on WGN America. I actually had it all timed out where we got back to the room at like you know, five o'clock in the afternoon, convinced her she needed a nap. And then I uh, got her up in the room and turned out we didn't have WGN America on the TV. So that was uh, my, my plan did not come together. But, yeah.
1: Sorry to hear that. Well, there were lots of comments of this is why you drive eight hours. If you don't know, uh, Ogan drove like 13 hours.
0: With his mom. For,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. With his mom. And then turned around and did it again for uh, the Nick Gage Invitational this past weekend. So he's an insane person. Uh, listen, but, he's know. a
0: dedicated fan. He's a good man. You know, that's what you got to do. He you got to get to these big shows.
1: You do. It looked like, uh, I mean, I don't know that I would have been into it, but it looked like everybody who went to Nick Gage Invitational loved it. So I'm
0: happy yeah, for Yeah, yeah. And what did Rich do? He stayed home and played Fire Pro, which I'm going to bury him for oh, very hard on uh, the flagship, I guess, next week since he's taken this week
1: off. But uh, oh, bad, bad, bad job crazy. out of Rich.
0: And forget eight hours. That's was like an eight-minute drive for him, and he didn't go.
1: He's probably on vacation this week.
0: He is. He's going on
1: vacation. Ridiculous. Isn't it crazy? It is. There's isn't something it? going on. You there know? is. There's absolutely something going on.
0: Listen, he's a social media manager. I'm sure he makes a solid middle class wage. His yep. wife's a nurse. Again, a solid profession. She makes a solid wage. I'm sure. But yep. th- isn't it a little suspicious just how many vacations they take? Yes. On uh, it, it's crazy. You know, listen, they're not Keith Hernandez is what I'm saying. So you can't just jaunt off on vacation and do coke. And, and, (laughs) you know, it's just something a little fishy here. So is
1: is Rich going to go from weed to coke on this vacation?
0: I can't see Rich ever doing coke, Uh, you know, maybe popping a blue pill here or there. Maybe I can see that. But um, I I don't see coke. No, that's he's a little too subdued for that.
1: All right. Well, I think that's a good place to uh, end this episode. Uh, Joe, anything else that uh, you want to plug other than the Patreon?
0: Yeah, check out our Patreon. I don't know the exact link. You just go to the site and search Voices of Wrestling. Obviously, check out the flagship if you don't already listen to that. And uh, subscribe to Fighting Spirit Magazine and tell them Joe Lanza sent you. And order back issue number 152 if, uh, if you want to read my personality profile and career history and breakdown on Gabe Sapolsky, which got nothing but rave reviews across the uh, wrestling universe. That's issue number 152.
1: All right. Okay, well, I guess that's it. I uh, just remind everyone to follow us on Twitter at EvolvePod. Make sure you're subscribing either to uh, the feed of this show or to the entire Voices of Wrestling podcasting network, which you can find at VoicesOfWrestling.com or on the podcast app of your choice. I don't really know when the October shows are. Uh, my wife suggests that they said on the show they were going to be the weekend of the 27th and 28th, but I can't find any confirmation of that online. But whenever they come, we will be there. So for Joe and for his dog, I'm Aaron. See you next time.